The Luck Stops Here podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Use promo code LSH for a 50% deposit bonus on your deposit up to $1,000. MyBookie.ag, promo code LSH. Tell them the Luck Stops Here sent you. This is the Luck Stops Here podcast with Scott Bowser. How you doing, everybody? I got a fantastic guest this week. Very excited to have him, Mr. Johnny Pemberton. Johnny, how you doing, pal? I do good. <laughs> Sorry, I was kind of over. That was a little hot, but I, I do good. <laughs> no, I it wasn't do. too hot, dude. You're coming in nice okay. and strong, dude. Bring in a nice tempo. Bring in a nice energy. There's a, there's a, there's a buzz in the air right now around town. Uh, there is. Because, well, yeah, it looks like uh, this Saturday, May 1st, is like the full like uh, reopen date almost. Oh, because in your town or my town? In my town, in uh, Las Vegas here. Got it. There's a buzz on a full. I think we reopen uh, maybe the same. Is that right? I think that might be right. I know it looks like they're doing an 80% reopen at casinos, mm-hmm. but uh, they will be allowing pool parties, nightclubs, the whole nine. So we'll see how that, that goes down. This is in Vegas, but yeah. yeah, I think LA is probably not quite as much as you guys, but that's impossible for us to ever be as much as open as you are. I you, went you, to you the, are ours. I went to my local casino like twice or mm-hmm. actually I, I had to run errands a couple of times, but like, cause like sometimes there's shops and restaurants that I need to go stop in at some of these local casinos. They're like town centers. It's like the really? local, it's like the local shopping mall. Yeah, dude. There's a bunch of like the food courts are incredible in these things. And then you got a bowling alley, you got, you got a movie theater and then you got like everything you, and a bunch of shops, like everything that would be at a regular mall is at these spots. Just That's also, funny. I didn't know that. Yeah, there just happens to be a huge casino there too, but mm-hmm. I played socially distanced bl- electric blackjack. How, isn't it socially distanced anyway? Because it's electric. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though: is they're still a live dealer. Oh. And so everybody's sitting at these little kiosks that are that are spread out, and we're all playing the same hand against the dealer. That's funny. It's it's a it's a wild ride, man. Like, did you win? Yeah, I actually did do all right. I think nice. I went up like fifteen twenty bucks in the couple hours I played, and I got a few free drinks out of it. So I call that a a pretty big win, dude. Damn. I just won my poker season. Really? My season of uh, I play just a league with some some friends, and I won this past season. Yeah. Yeah, I knew you were a poker player. Do you ever play when you come out to Las Vegas? Um, I have, I have a little bit, but not really. No, I'm scared to play with people. I don't know. I can see I've that. I've never done it. You feel uh, more confident in a, I've heard the move is you go down to like the Bellagio or right. the Mirage MGM, one of these big spots down on the strip mm-hmm. on the weekends from two to 6 a.m. And, and wow. I wonder the, why the smaller stakes games. But the reason is that's when all the drunk frat boys that are just oh. like blowing through money, go and sit down, and you can just kind of pick them apart. I wonder about that though, because I feel like my poker skills are—I'm not that good, um, but I'm like. <laughs> well, you just won your league. Well, I did, but like that's playing with these guys I knew know super well and have known for a while, so I kind of know everyone's moves. I kind of have a certain style that I play, but I'm not actually like that great. You know what I mean? I hear but, you. So I would be interested to see what it would be like to play with real people. I wonder if the stuff I know would actually work at all or if it wouldn't. You know, Some what I mean? of these casinos, you have like like 2 to $4 games and stuff or like 5 to $10 tables. So it's like mm-hmm. it's not that much to buy in and sit down on the tables. Yeah. Like, 
I should try. I should. I should try it out. I owe myself to try it out because I feel like it'd be a fun learning experience. I do. I do love poker. And I do like love getting better at it for real. Maddie Goldberg uh, does a lot of tournaments. I've gone out, come out when I really gone out to like casinos with him. Yeah, he'll like find out which tournaments are doing well, and that's kind of cool because basically, the way those of those work is like it's you pay whatever the the fee is to get in, mm-hmm. and then you're trying to make it to that final table of eight because the top seven get paid oh but how much does he get paid what kind of tournaments are we talking about here usually these are like anywhere from like 20 to 50 bucks and they're gonna buy in yeah yeah for the the tournament buy-in it's gonna last Hmm. they usually go like four or five hours i feel like if you play tight enough you can do well yeah i think so too and if you get like if you finish in like the top five i want to say you make like a couple grand no you don't yeah Damn, because it's like if it's like fifty to sit down, and like sometimes you got like two hundred people in this thing. Damn, and people are there's a lot of people who are just like into it, like kind of like um, like they're, they're they're idiots. They don't know, right? Yeah, yeah, they're just tourists that are sitting down. Hey, this is something to do for an hour in between slots and uh, mm. and cause, you know this and that. Like me, I'm usually I'm a sports book guy. Okay, me not no not at all, definitely not. The sports like, book to me seems like a totally random bet. See, I like to I follow sports a lot. You know, I uh, yeah. I do some sports writing here and there. Uh, but handicapping the games is my thing. I, I I have like a network now of degenerate friends that you you know we share info and tips with. And so now I've been getting tips on like golf and so- and Premier League soccer and all kinds of stuff that I probably normally wouldn't gamble on, but I'm making money on it. You have to know so much to do that stuff, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, to a degree. I mean. At this point, I feel like I can. I I was just betting UFC a couple weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. I don't watch UFC at all. I don't know much about it. I went five and one on my picks. Right. And all I did was I watched the line movement throughout the day, and I placed my bets right before, seeing where you could see where the public money came in, and then late where the sh- the professional money came in to counterbalance it. Well, this sounds like. I mean, that's everything you're saying right now sounds like very complicated. Not in a, <laughs> not in a prohibitive way, but just like. Yeah, I don't know enough about sports I'll, in general. I won a suicide pool in the office um, when I worked in an office job like, you know, 15 years ago. All because I bet on the Jets the first week, and the Jets were like the worst team ever that year. And they happened to win. So I got like a big a big loss out of the way. Like I won that. That knocked out so many people because the Jets – because everybody uh, took bet- went against them, and you, yeah. you had the, the other way. And yeah. I had that thing, and to the rest of the season, I just bet on what, what the what the best pick was. Because I think it's one of those suicide pools where you can only bet on a certain team. I don't yeah, know, you can only take like a that. team once. Yeah, right. Yes. So, and so I bet on the Jets, and I fucking I won like four hundred fifty bucks, and people were so pissed. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> I was like my first six months in this office, and they were just so angry because you no, know, they're so pissed because I didn't know a shit about football. I didn't know anything. But see, you're 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 smart enough to read a market, and that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, also, what it was, I saw something on on a, I saw a show in the airport once about Pete Carroll. And I was like, I like Pete Carroll. <laughs> it wasn't Pete Carroll. It, was, it wasn't Pete Carroll. It was the the coach of the Jets. I think he's a was a black guy. I can't remember Herb his Edwards? name. Yeah, I was just like, this guy's fucking awesome. You know, I just liked his style. He's the coach and of so, Arizona State now. Okay. He's a college coach now, and I remember what he got. Yeah, he has a. He has a cool vibe, doesn't he? Yeah, and it was funny when he got hired because like someone was like, because they're there, the Arizona State Sun Devils, and he was like, mm-hmm. the guy's like, hey, I'm so and so with the Daily Devil, 
And then Herman Edwards is super Catholic, and he's like, no devils up in here. I'm a religious man. We can't have any <laughs> devils. And I don't think he realized the team he just signed on to coach for was the – this was his opening press conference. Like, you're coaching the devils, dude. <laughs> Did you make a lot of money as a football coach, don't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of sad Even to say, but in most states, the highest paid state employee is a college football coach. <laughs> well, those people – those things bring in a shitload of money. So. Yeah, I mean – like like uh, who was it? Like Bear Bryant, I think the old Alabama coach said that uh, like seventy five thousand people never showed up to watch a kid do a chemistry test. You know? Oh like, man, that <laughs> sounds like a dumb Southern joke. It sounds like such like a bad like. No one ever saw watch my chemistry test. It's like yeah, but also that guy's like designing stuff that's gonna save your life later on. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a it's a pretty uh, short sighted. Uh... Definitely. <laughs> Hey, he's he's looking in the the the, the micro picture though there, and mm-hmm. when there is seventy five thousand people and they're they're paying customers here, it's uh you got to make them happy. You got you got to, dude. You know what's funny is uh, talking about poker tournaments. I've seen a slot tournament out here, and that's the funniest shit on the planet. <laughs> that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Of. That's crazy. I can't believe it's real. So what it is, dude, is like people are given like they all like buy in, and then they're given like. X amount of units on their machines, and mm-hmm. they'll set aside a special block of machines where the where these are tournament seats only. And then wow. everybody sits there and like speed hits the bu- button mash, and you basically whoever can do the fastest number of times, like whoever has the most credits at the end of it can win it. So wow. So it's like they're just fucking like sitting there like it's just a bunch. It looks like a bunch of crackhead, or like a bunch of like crackhead pigeons like picking for bird feet off the floor. That's like, funny. <laughs> wow. So I do see some good degenerate shit out here now. Which I bet uh, you do. Yeah, it's got to be a little bit of that everywhere. I'm sure. Oh yeah, I mean it's. There, I want to get out there. I want to. I want to do a poker tournament now. You say this stuff because I really do like. I like the. Uh, the marathon aspect of it, I think you, that's where I tend to do the best is when I can, because yeah. I have this formula now. It's so dumb, but I really think that um, if you start, if I get a certain number of bad hands, I'm willing to bet on uh, any kind of good hand I have coming because because it's like this thing where the likelihood of you getting tons and tons of bad hands after bad hands, it's just not possible. Yeah, no. That's why, like, they always say, like, whether it's professional poker players, professional sports handicappers, whatever, like, the proper way to maintain a bankroll is your average bet size should be one hundredth of your bankroll. Oh, wow. So if you have a $1,000 bankroll, you should be doing $10 bets. So you always have 100 bets in the chamber because you're never going to lose 100 bets in the row. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because it's always about, it's about the odds. And I feel like so much about poker is just... Some of it, I feel like I think I'm being lucky, but really, I think it's just kind of like you feel like, hmm, it doesn't feel this doesn't feel right, or the way someone bets sometimes doesn't feel right. When actually, it's probably I know what I'm betting right, but I'm just not quite smart enough or quite good enough at poker to really know. Well, and like especially with a game like Hold'em, where you have yeah. these, you're seeing these community cards, so you're figuring you can almost see how aggressive someone is by what they're playing, and if you're like holding a pair of aces underneath. They're not. They don't see that coming, you know. And, they don't. But sometimes that's the worst hand. I feel like pocket pairs. I've been screwed by pocket pairs so many times because, like, you someone hits someone just as an idiot, and they unless you really push, and well, that's the thing because it's different when you're playing with friends than you are playing professionally or uh, with strangers. Because with strangers, you can knock a stranger out because they don't. 
know you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you can like, you could probably, um, you can play with people more, I feel like, because you can, you can buy a pot easier. You can bluff easier yep. with strangers, it feels like. Especially if you're um, holding a pocket pair early on in some of these tournaments, you can just, just mm-hmm. go big right away. Yeah, but at the same time, if someone calls you and then the board is kind of wet and you don't really hit, yeah. uh, you don't really connect, then it's like a thing where you just lost all your chips with the best hand you could have all because someone had three fours, you know? I feel like in these, the tournament format, the move is to be aggressive early because if you're going to be there for the long haul, mm-hmm. then chisel away after that. So if you can build up that your chips early on, yeah, and then I you like kind of chisel that. your way into the the final table. Yeah, I think it's good if you ha- if you can get a, a, a heavy stack the first r- two rounds, then you can just really really lay back, be super conservative for a yep. little while, and let other people take each other out. Because as long as you don't get blinded out, as long as you have enough to to bully and to to blind, because that's a big thing. I think I I've over I've only learned the last year about playing a lot of online poker is that like if you have a big enough stack. You can bully someone heads up. Yep. And you can basically take if, if you do it right, you can just take them out. Unless they get fucking crazy good cards, you can just bully them. Yeah, because they're and not gonna, some, especially yeah. in these tournaments where it's like, and I think in some of these tournaments too, you can buy back in if you get knocked out in the first hour or something. Yeah, that's how we played. Yeah. So. Yeah, you can buy back the first hour or first uh, first half. Okay. Mm-hmm. But see, like, yeah, I I think I think you would really like uh, one of my local spots, the Sun Coast. Okay. It's out uh, near Red Rock Canyon. So it's a big national park, like national preserve, like really cool forests. Like there's camping area out there and shit. But then it mm-hmm. goes in, like bleeds into like these golf courses and casinos and like this awesome, like little community kind of thing. And there's that and the ramparts right next door to that. And they're both like day spa type casinos. Okay. Day spa, like golf resort. I think Suncoast is a little more golf heavy and the ramparts a little more day spa heavy. They pretty much offer the same shit, and like got the, got the movie theater, the bo- bowling alley. There is one of my favorite bowling alleys. I gotta say, uh, but yeah, it's they have a cool poker room there that's pretty like low key, and the tournaments are more more like the the business guys in town uh, have a late tea time, so they want to just sit there and play the golf the poker tournament real quick in the morning, and then they realize, oh, I gotta go play golf, so they go all oh. in. Dude, this is some cool strategies. I like this. The, getting the golf guys and then getting the drunk frat boys. And I think the key, too, also I learned with um, with poker is I, you play so much better sober. So much better. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I only gambling I really like to do drunk is uh, sports, horses, and craps. <laughs> okay, that's cut a bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I can see the craps part because craps is such a fun but see, I, social game with my sports bets i place most of them sober in the morning and then mm-hmm. i wait for the game to start and then i get hammered i almost won a bunch of money in the vikings this year uh, but i i couldn't process my bet i couldn't figure out the website i think it because my wire transfer didn't work with the betting website some crap like that oh man but i still have 100 bucks set on that website but it didn't go through but i also been told you should never bet on your team no, I, I kind of agree with that. Well, for me, because yeah. I have an emotional attachment to my team already. Well, who doesn't, right? So I'm going to watch the game pretty much regardless. Yeah. So I don't need. Usually, I like to gamble on the games that that I normally wouldn't want to watch or give a shit about. Now it's like right. I have a, a an invested interest in this game. Yeah. What, what What's your team? I'm a Steelers fan. Steelers. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty good team to. Yeah, I mean, they've been. That was I've funny been... to see them lose like that. That was crazy how they just got. <sighs> 
by the Browns. I was surprised. They I were was, doing so well. But I was just sitting here just like stunned going, I can't believe this fucking shit. Smith, girl, I just got an NFL this past year. It's something to do. I bought NFL Sunday ticket. I was like, okay, because I bought it, I have to watch the games now. Yep. And I, I made myself get into it. I got a Vikings hat. I got a Vikings something else. I got a couple of Vikings things to wear. Did you watch Red Zone Channel at all? I did not, know. I just watched the Sunday games. I would steal the other games I couldn't watch on Sunday Ticket. Or somehow, I'd find a way to watch them like on, on um, uh, Apple TV with like a login. But I would watch, the, I got into it, and it was so interesting to see, like, I guess this was not a normal year, right? As far as like the w- way the games were going. No, no, no. Because, I mean, COVID had everything all off. You, yeah. you know, which, which guy, some teams would be missing half their offensive line one game, and then half the receivers the next game and and the defenses were doing so poorly someone was telling me that they think that's because uh, the defense gets off so much on crowd noise that it was really hard for them to kind of i don't know play like normally would i could see that and also you have the factor that like uh i think it's easier for offenses to practice on like like function on minimum practice right than it is defenses because defenses it takes so much like Time like it takes so much time in the film room together as a team, and you can't really do that with COVID really? in, these, in these small rooms, yeah. you know. Where it's like you're yeah. sitting there and you're you're all watching this film, you're all calling out what you would do when you're during the game, how you're going to mm-hmm. handle each situation. And I don't think you can't quite get that detail with that. And that's what happened with uh, with like uh, I mean, because the so the Browns took out the Steelers and the Vikings didn't do well, but then we did beat the Packers, which we shouldn't have beat them. There's yeah. also games the Vikings lost. It's like, how could you possibly lose that game? Well, it, There's just I, so many weird upsets that were... I feel like I mean, in the NFL in your average yeah. year, every team's going to have two wins that there's no way they should have pulled out mm-hmm. and two losses that there's no way they should have lost. Yeah, well, the Vikings double that. Except <laughs> just on the loss part, not on the win. <laughs> the one win they got was that they shouldn't have was the Packers. Everything else was like, wow, you guys lost to the worst team in, in football somehow. I got to say that you got to be stoked on Justin Jefferson. That kid has a chance to be like a, a generational stud receiver. Yeah, if we can keep him and if they can keep – I don't know. I, I haven't – did you watch the draft? The draft was today, right? The draft is uh, Thursday night. Thursday, okay. And uh, if you're listening, this will come out later tonight after we nice. record. Um, I will be live during the draft doing the Steelers draft pick coverage for the Sports Gambling Podcast. Nice. I want to uh, – I was confused Tuesdays and Thursdays. I think I want to watch the draft this year if I can, because I'm actually kind of interested. I wonder. I really don't know that much about. It. Like I, like I said, I just got into football this year, so I'm just so. I just don't know. I it's don't pretty cool. It. The NFL draft's pretty cool, especially when I. I really enjoy the later rounds, when you have like because okay. like in the first round you have all the big names. Most of these guys were star college players. They're already kind of household names. People really? know who they okay. are. But when you get like, for example, Tom Brady was a sixth round pick that most people wasn't thinking of. Wow. Now the guy's the greatest quarterback of all time. So, That's so interesting. It's always that always happens. Has there ever been a first round draft pick who's turned out to be worth it? Oh yeah. Oh plenty. Okay. I, I, I mean, just always feel like it's the opposite. You hear about these guys who are supposed to be so good and they just hit, get there and nothing happens. Now I will say, on average, quarterbacks take it number one overall. Okay. Like, Don't I mean, they, they usually they're usually pretty good, but mm-hmm. like in terms of like those the elite like Hall of Fame types, they it seems like they come a little bit later in the draft. Like Aaron Rodgers was drafted like twenty first or twenty second overall, wow. or whatever. 
That's crazy. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger was taken like eleventh overall. Why does year. that happen? I, you know, I feel like in, like especially with some of these college football juggernauts, like like Alabama mm-hmm. right now, their quarterback Mac Jones is potentially going number three to San Francisco in this draft. Okay. But he ha- also his top two receivers, Jalen Waddle and uh, Devontae Smith, are both projected to go in the top fifteen. Hmm. So as a quarterback that has two top fifteen out of every single position, and like a lot of draft boards have them as the number two and number three best players in these dra- in this draft. Yeah. So it's like, is that quarterback really that good when he's throwing to these guys in college who are both going to be NFL like difference makers? Yeah, they're not, are they? Versus, like, I really like the quarterback out of BYU this year, Zach Wilson, because BYU doesn't quite have all those superstars around him. Like, one of his receivers was Mitt Romney's nephew. Hmm. Mitt Romney's nephew, huh? Yeah. That's crazy. And he's, like, a five foot seven white guy, like, like you know, just catching balls downfield. But the Zach Wilson quarterback, I mean, he can run, he can throw on the run, he can do all these things because he had to at BYU. You know, he okay. didn't have stars around him to help him make plays. So. Yeah. But the, BYU is kind of sneaky good in college football because of all those guys going on their two-year Mormon mission. Oh, explain that to me. Because they do so, know about that, but so that means so they're, most they're of typically these guys older? From like between like 18 to 20, maybe 19 to 21, they go on their Mormon mission. Right. And so when you have like in college football where a lot of guys all redshirt, so they can bulk up for a year and, and still maintain four years of eligibility. Yeah. But when you have a guy taking a, a Mormon mission and a redshirt year, now you got a 25-year-old senior. Wow. <laughs> like, That's cool as hell. Like, and so BYU often, like when they have a senior-dominated team, they kind of bully got te- other teams because they're playing, like when they play, even when they play a team like Alabama, because Alabama's sending so many guys to the as a pro factory, mm-hmm. their best, oldest guys are like 21. I mean, there's like a four-year age gap there. And so these That's funny, man. Yeah. It's like the perfect age just to crush because they're just mature enough, but they're still young enough to be like, unbreakable yeah. yeah exactly like and like wow. and they and they've been studying the playbook that much longer yeah that's the thing that's a big thing huh yeah, yeah i didn't i know so little about football i really don't like there's questions i had to ask people this year that, that most people know at age 12 just from hearing their <laughs> dad and uncle say it a thousand times over and over again you know what like, it, i just kind of learned about special teams you know what I mean? yeah. like, i'm like that late to the game Nah, dude, it's, that's not late to the game, man. Because hey, I, I feel like uh, everybody learns at their speed kind of thing. You know, some people are yeah. more casual throughout their life. Like me, I was like drawing plays up when I was like 13, 14, like wearing a trench coat in my uh, backyard pretending wow, to be. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> Marv Levy or whatever with the Buffalo Bills. But I used to love the. Uh... Yeah, it's so funny, man. Dude, I think I you would like love the Bills, actually. I, I think you would like Bills, fantasy football. Fan. I probably was. Someone told me that's the key to really learning about football. Yeah. So I was I was too late to the game uh, last year to do fantasy, so I will do it this year for sure. Cool, because I've already done uh, two drafts through the Sports Gambling yeah. Podcast for this season already in April. Mm-hmm. Some real degenerate shit. But then me and my brother just went halves on a team today where this is like a, kind of like a, like a player's championship league where right. if you win it, you move on to like a champion champions round and the winner of the championship. It's like a half a million dollar prize. So it's like wow. a whole season long half thing. Million dollar prize. It's like 550,000 to the winner. Yeah. It's insane. It's 350 Damn. bucks per team. So it's Maybe like, I should bet. 
Yeah, I mean, those are fun. DraftKings is a lot of fun, too. Mm-hmm. Because DraftKings, you're, you're just doing daily fantasy. You're just doing it for that day. You don't have to invest in the whole season for with your team. And, and keep, you know, you can kind of just do it when you feel like it. Damn. So, yeah, that sounds cool as shit. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of fun. And then... And then, of course, I mean, dude, just straight up gambling on games is always a lot of fun. Like, See, I don't. That's the thing I don't like because that to me it takes the fun out of watching it for me personally because it's like I want to have fun with it and just. See, enjoy yeah, it. that's why I, I think like fantasy is a lot of fun because you can still win money with fantasy. It is fantasy is kind of a skill thing, but a lot of luck comes into it because you never know right. what guys are going to get injured. You can be that's the true. the smartest draft guy in the world, and injuries could be very cool to you still. Like. That's happened to me in the past. And I've also gotten lucky in the past where I didn't draft that well, but I made the right moves throughout the year because you can still pick up guys and whatnot. So, right. But what's fun with that is you're, you're somehow usually like every score in every game is somehow impacting you in fantasy. Yeah. And that makes it a lot of fun where it's like either you have the guy, the person you're playing has the guy or the person you're battling with in the standings has one of the, you know, there's, there's something going on. Yeah, it makes you pay attention to all the games, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And it makes that Monday night game a lot of fun because Monday night is the last game of the fantasy week. Okay. So it's like a lot of times it'll be like, like especially in like championship rounds where it's like, I need this guy to score this much on Monday night to win my league. And so you're watching like every play like, yeah. oh, God. <laughs> like, Do people win a lot of money on fantasy sometimes or no? Oh, yeah, I mean, like, well, this thing I'm involved with where, I mean, there's half-million-dollar prizes and stuff. Oh, that's a fantasy thing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, right, that's the – I've seen that advertised a ton. It's the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And I'm in – their main event thing is like 1,800 per team, and that's a little rich for my blood. Dude, that's insane. (laughs) But the 350 – thanks. The 350 split with my brother – that's pretty cool because that works out to about ten bucks a week during the season. I don't mind spending ten bucks a week during the season and have some, uh, like a lotto ticket to win half a million dollars. Yeah, that's yeah, that sounds about right. I would take that bet. Yeah, that that's fun. Uh, it also weeds out the people that aren't going to pay attention because there's nothing worse than being in like a twenty five dollar league, and mm-hmm. one person just stops managing their team, and so they're not competitive each week, and so everybody playing them late in the season just gets an mm. easy win. And that's never fun. You want everybody, even if they're in last place, trying trying to win their week, you know. Yeah, seems like it. I can't wait to lose a bunch of money and get really, really into that and concerned. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can't well, wait. Yeah, I mean, and you can do daily fantasy for college, too. They DraftKings is college football now, too. Well, see, I went to Florida State, so that's the only team I really follow. And I can't, I can't get into Florida State because it's just so disappointing. Yeah, I th- I think uh, they're going to be back in the next couple of years, though. I really do. Yeah, they will. They'll always be back because they've got a lot of money behind them, you know. But, I mean, I don't think they're ever going to. And they have well, a recruiting base, too. Yeah. Because. It's also, I don't really find myself as interested. The, lo- the further I get away from college, the less I'm interested in the football. I mean, I saw I saw them beat uh, Auburn. At the Rose Bowl, I don't know, whatever that was. It was 2015. I don't know. When was that? Auburn, Florida State, Rose Bowl. I'm typing it in. 2014? 2014. Well, either way, that was one of the greatest games ever. And it was just close enough. Yeah, 2014 BCS National Championship. That was amazing. But it was one of those things where, like, you know, I don't think I would be as stoked now as that, you know? Yeah. uh, Well, like, I'm a huge UCLA fan. 
And okay. Like when I'm moving to Vegas, like that was the first time. Like now, like I haven't gone to games in years. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, COVID obviously no one went to games <laughs> at the Rose Bowl last yeah. year. But like the Rose Bowl is like a lot of me. It's like my home away from home in a lot of ways. Like I've been, I've been to at least a hundred and. 20 games there in my life wow that's incredible that yeah. place is so great too because it's yeah. like it feels so small and it's like uh i don't know something about it. it feels like it was built for different size people you know yeah it's so intimate but it's also kind of like junky and not super slick but at the same time it's just good it's pretty cool where like uh our our newer seats were because we had seats across the stadium and then we got them on the the other side but mm-hmm. we could we figured out a way to walk down from where our seats were, and you can walk down to the players' tunnel after the game, and sit there, and like the players all walk right by you, like you're walking, you're like right there on the field, basically with them with them walking by. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah, no, I I mean I love the Rose Bowl, dude. Like it it is special. I'm looking forward to going to a UNLV game at Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders play here in Vegas. I bet, man. That sounds awesome. Because yeah, they're gonna they're sharing that stadium now, and the state I I've driven by it a few times. It looks amazing. I mean, it looks like the Death Star, dude. Uh, I would bet because isn't their color black and silver or some shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just a big Uh, black hole. I mean, that's what the stadium. It's pretty badass. I went to the uh, Dodgers game uh, last week or two weeks ago, and it was just the best, man. It was we had these crazy good tickets. Like uh, one row back from the first baseline, and it was we were uh, kind of along the towards the outfield, like halfway between the. We were pretty close to first base, but it was just I've never sat that close to the field before at a professional game. It was so exciting. Oh yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's so cool. One time uh, when I was a kid, I sat like right behind home plate, like really, like just a few. Like I was the seat, like directly centered with right behind home plate. I'd say like 10 rows up, 12 rows up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, all of a sudden the people next to me left. And next thing you know, John Lovitz was sitting next to me. He like, <laughs> and then they came back later with a bunch of gear and like snacks. So he clearly like paid them off. Like, Hey, I just want to sit in a good seat wow. there for a couple innings. Go do whatever. Here's like, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And then later on, I uh, was doing a show at his club in, in the green room, mm-hmm. and we were watching the Yankees win the World Series against the Phillies. And so I have you two. You and John? Yeah. I have two baseball memories with John Lovitz one as an adult comedian, and one as a child at a Dodger game. So That's funny, man. <laughs> Lovitz. He's a different generation, but he's like, I feel like that guy seems like he's so much older than us, but I also feel like, I don't know, interesting guy. He's, yeah, cause, uh, well, he's one of those guys that did, got SNL when he was older. He like, did? How old was he? I want to say he was like late thirties. Okay, I don't know. I didn't know that. I I don't I I don't know, <laughs> but like that seems about right. Like, because like what he was on SNL in like the late eighties. I could see him being born in the early fifties. That seems right. That seems right. Dude, I don't even. I don't. Honestly seems don't about know. my my mom he's, was born in fifty one. He seems about my mom's age. He was born in fifty seven. Oh, okay, how close. In Tarzana. Whoa. Hello, Martin Tarzana. <laughs> yes. Yes. Me. I, I'm John Lovitz, born in Tarzana. You might remember me from League of Their Own. Evidently, he just got married to a, uh, in 2016, he got married to a 27 year old. Wow. 20. 
Uh, is she a comic at his club? I don't even know. I don't <laughs> that think That place so. doesn't exist anymore. Well, you know what does exist, Johnny, is our good friends over at mybookie.ag. Yes. Where you can use our promo code LSH. And you get a fifty percent deposit bonus up to a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks. So you, you were telling me earlier you had a problem with that site. I've never had any problems with mybookie.ag. I don't know. I think of... I didn't. I was in a rush. Is the okay. problem? Okay. Mybookie.ag has a, a online casino, has an online race, race like horse race book, and Kentucky Derby is coming up this Saturday. So that's going to be a lot of fun there. Make sure you get your deposits oh. in. Bet the Kentucky Derby. The C Tuck. Yes. <laughs> it's the K Tuck. The K Tuck. Sorry, the K Tuck. <laughs> the C <laughs> Tuck sounds like uh, some kind of uh, androgynous band. Like, hi, oh, we're C Tuck. <laughs> Come see us perform at the My Bookie Center. Come on down to the K Tuck. Come on down to the K Tuck. I'm performing at the MyBookie. I think all arenas should change their name to the MyBookie.ag arena, so I can promote every game on this thing. Is there an arena named that? No, no. They should definitely. Okay. They should build like a like a ice hockey rink on an oil barge down somewhere in a shady spot. Like, I, there's, a, there's a lot of opportunity when you're running an offshore book, like the people, yeah, good people, that. like. My bookie. The good people, the good fine people. We don't don't hurt us. We they, love you. They got a uh, live wagering, which is a lot of fun. You can live. Bet. Well, you talking about live end game wagering? Yeah. So, you know, you're yeah. You're, see, that's that's the stuff that I think um, I can't do it. Otherwise, I would just for <laughs> me for me personally, I can't. But I I I am I'm jealous of those who can. Ken Jennings of Jeopardy fame only does live in game wagering. Really? Yeah. Is that because he thinks it's a better um, a better thing? Yeah, I guess he could just read the board. You know, like the same way he just read that Jeopardy board. He could just read the... Oh, I guess that makes sense because once the game starts, you get a feel for how it's going to go. But again, I don't even my, know. My I've strategy, been wrong so many times. My strategy with live betting is... you like I usually do this in basketball because it works in basketball pretty well. Mm -hmm. Like Especially the NBA where... Okay, let's say Steph Curry. He, he's main, the main part of Golden State's offense. Right. He's not going to play all 48 minutes of the game. Mm -hmm. So those nine minutes where they pull him, wait like three minutes in and get a bet in because they're probably not going to play as well. You get the wow. team at a better number. That's crazy. Does, does a lot of this stuff work where people like you who really think about it are able to take advantage of casual people because they're just so like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like when you see like... Because like there's apps now that'll tell you how much money is coming in like how many bets are on each mm -hmm. team and how much money's on each side. And a lot of times you'll see a game with a shitload of money on one side, but more bets on the other. And that means the pros, like the public's on one side and the pros are on the yeah. other. Yeah, it's almost like that thing where people bet on stocks. They see rich people uh, betting on. Yeah. And because they know that these people have either inside advice or they just have such good financial like Elon uh, Musk buying Dogecoin type shit. People just jump on it because the guy's a yeah. billionaire. And he dumped it, didn't he? I think he dumped a bunch of it. No, yeah. I think he dumped he claimed he only dumped 10% of it, which I think makes sense. I don't know. Some people were saying calling him out on that, but I'm just now getting into that more. Yeah, it's fun. I it's, think it's I think it's a well, good thing. Well, mybookie.ag takes Bitcoin deposits and you well, get a crypto bonus and well, you can get paid I won't out. Be using 
I don't use any of my my crypto does not leave. Except I did sell a bunch of Doge when right before it dropped. And I did make some money off that. That's smart. That's smart. My whole thing now is using these savings accounts that are um, you can use. You can put your coins in a savings account that gains interest. You know what? Eli Braden was just telling me about this. We were talking. He and I were talking the you other day. You have to do it. If you have any amount of any coins whatsoever, you should definitely put them in a BlockFi. There's a couple other websites. I use BlockFi, but um, I have a little Bitcoin, a little Cardano, and a little uh, Doge. I've got some ETH. I got some Light. I got some Bit. I got in a Bit at a good time last year when it was around ten grand. Yeah, nice. So I've done okay on that. So nice. Yeah. Yeah, you got. I think you got to put it in there because it's uh, you get you get so much more interest than you would any other any other place, and also the crypto if it gains you get that too. Yeah, I mean. So why would you sit on something you can be gaining interest? I can. On it? You're right. Yeah. I need to be doing this. This Do is, it. and I should also uh, when next time I when I win big on the Kentucky Derby this weekend, I'm gonna have mm-hmm. mybookie.ag pay me out in Bitcoin so I can even add nice. more, add more to my stack. Hell yeah. You know, I'm not an idiot. Give give me that. You know, let's let's keep let's keep the gravy train rolling. Let's keep the action rolling on it. Mm-hmm. Totally. But yeah, no, it's fun. I, I do like crypto, man. It's a uh, it's it's fun and it's 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 something to check on your. Fo- it's another thing to check on your phone. Yeah, I, <laughs> I find that's the unfortunate part of it for me. Where sometimes I wake up like there was the other day when when Bitcoin was way down to like forty six or something. I was about to buy a ton of it and I like, just like forgot. Just the other day, right? Like, yeah, I totally just forgot. I to was do on it. the same boat too. And yep. now it's now it's at fifty five. I'm like, why didn't I buy a ton of it? But I did transfer a ton, all of my USD in my savings account. I transferred it to Bitcoin, not all of it, but a good uh, probably about seventy percent of it. Wow! So I did get that bonus. I did get that basically, which is nice. That's, yeah, that's really nice too. Yeah, like, but I mean, it's all just. I think it can hit one hundred fifty in the next couple of years. People think it's going to hit. The hundred soon, but they a lot of people were, pre- were predicting it to happen a lot sooner than it ha- than obviously it has. But I think um, I don't know. It's it's bound to. I think I was because predi- a lot of people say because it, the fact that it's a limited amount means that it can't fluctuate as much as fiat currency. Yeah, and I, I was saying this like I was calling for it to hit over twenty five like in November, and a okay. couple of my friends are like, "Oh, you're crazy," and I was like. No, but it was because PayPal had just announced they were accepting it. Yeah, that's such a big thing. Also, Coinbase was getting ready to go public. They were yeah. also getting the first uh, crypto ETFs together, and mm-hmm. Mastercard was on the verge of accepting it too. And I'm like, and with Goldman all the- Sachs, yeah, Goldman exactly. Sachs added to their portfolios. There's so many things that were like a clear indication to invest in it heavily, and uh, most of us didn't. Yeah. I, did, I mean, I, I put invest- a few hundred bucks in and I made a couple, yeah. I made, you know, I made over a thousand bucks on this so far or whatever. I feel, Hey, right. I, that's a thousand bucks I wouldn't have made during right. the last few months. So I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where hindsight is just, it, you can't, you can never really know what that stuff, but I started dollar cost averaging and I think that's the key. Okay. Because just buying a small amount, fixed rate, like whatever you can afford each week, mm-hmm buy that same amount over and over again. Eventually you'll accumulate a lot. When the market dips, you take advantage of that. When the market spikes, you're not exposing your risk too much. Right. Totally. Like, yeah, I've been buying anytime it dips, I buy some. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah. But yeah, dude, I got dude, so I got a couple of big winner stories that I thought I should get to before Let me hear them. So, 
uh, this is like what yesterday, I think. Dude, a guy at the South Point Casino. Do you know where that is? No, but it sounds like a place. That it's like one of the first ones when you're when you're driving in from L.A. It's like one of the okay. first ones you see way down at the south end of the strip, and okay. then you get up towards like Caesars and all that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. So South Point, dude, five dollar bet paid ten point four million dollars on what? On a Mega Bucks uh, slot machine. Slot? Yeah, that's amazing. Holy shit! Guy from out of town from New Mexico. Yeah, ten point four million. That's on a insane. $5 slot pool. Does he get the, does he get it all at once or is it installments? Well, I I mean, I would just take the lump sum, which Yeah. Cuz Androsky was on here telling the story of his million dollar slot win. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, he did. That's crazy. And he he took the lump sum. So Yeah, cuz it's better, right? Cuz you can invest it. Yeah. So like he took like lump sum and then after like the tax, so it was like a million dollar win. Turned into like three hundred fifty thousand dollars after lump sum and taxes and stuff. That's such a huge loss. Wow. I mean, the taxes were a huge chunk of it right away. My God! And usually they offer you half on the lump sum. What do you mean? So it's like it, if I if you win like a million dollars, they'll be like, "Hey, we'll give you a million in payment, like yearly payments, right?" Or, or we'll give you five hundred grand right now. Hmm. Okay, that makes more sense now. So I was like, sixty-five percent on taxes is insane. No, yeah. So like, yeah, wow. they they take they'll they'll usually offer you half right away. They, you know, it, it's better for them because they don't have to pay out the full amount. But yeah, and think about it. Do you really know this casino company is going to be in business in like twenty years? Because it's like the lotto. There's where, no way. Yeah. So you might even as if well. it, even if they weren't, I would still get the lump because you can invest it and you can just live off the interest. Yep. You just start your own mini hedge fund. And that's what you do. <laughs> Me and Burns, Burns was just on last episode. We're talking about starting our own horse racing LLC. Oh my God, you guys are. That sounds like a prescription to lose. <laughs> that's <laughs> no. what it's called. It's called prescription to lose. No, because what it is. No, here's the thing, though, dude. It's a, it's actually a really cool little idea because you can basically once you have the horse racing license and stuff, it doesn't cost that much. Couple hundred. We can name races, get na- races named after ourselves and shit. So you mean start your own horse race? Like, yeah, have, like, the Scott Bowser fucking low-grade stakes. Oh, my God. That would be funny as shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that, like there's a larger bit at play here. Yeah. And, like, you can also, like, have, like, we can we can have our own stable and name it and then just use our stable to buy stock and a bunch of different horses. So it's wow. Like, yeah. And if they win, you get a piece of it. Yeah. But if not, I mean, just the publicity factor alone is fucking it's worth a couple hundred bucks. Do it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'll I'll invest. <laughs> you want to get in on a horse? Uh, I don't know. Stud racing is that a silent partner? Silent partner. silent partner. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be like a, a you'll be like a like a gang, like a mafia dude. Yeah. <laughs> like like to, how Tony Soprano on uh and Ralph when they he had his horse on the Sopranos, they had to have his Colombian maid actually sit in the winter circle because. Oh wow! Couldn't. <laughs> they couldn't actually own the horse. Okay, so another. Uh, this was like two days ago, three days ago, uh, at the Cosmopolitan. Someone from Alaska on Sunday. This is on Sunday. Yeah, so two days. Two point one million dollars on a forty dollar bet. Wow! So if you got two point one million on a forty dollar bet, you're feeling great until you hear about the guy two day a day later that hit five bucks for ten point four billion. Yeah. You kind of feel like a jag off. You can't the, compare, though. You just can't compare. No, you can't. You got to just be happy that you're a millionaire. The, like, mm-hmm. like, 
I don't know, but yeah, I'm looking forward to Kentucky Derby this weekend. I think there's going to be a lot of. Uh... You ever bet horse racing? Never at all. I don't understand. I don't understand how anyone can bet it. It seems to me like such a a crapshoot. I mean, I was using a different betting game to compare it to this other betting game. Well, you know what I mean, there's different factors. Uh, trainers, I think, are maybe the most underrated part of it. Because okay. that's the person spending the most time with the horse, making sure they're running the trials right. The jockey's probably not there with them for every test run. They probably right. have a separate trainer, you know, training job. You know. So those trainer, the training stable is really, really important. Bloodline is really important. You right. know, like it, it's really uh, champions come from champions. That's the way horse okay. racing works. And then so if you can get those two things going together with a quality jockey who has a lot of wins under their belt, you know, that's a fun way to handicap because like I, I, I put less on the jockey now than I used to when I was younger because I know more about these trainers and whatnot. But I think that's a good way of doing it. And also when look at horses that are moving uh, down a grade where it's like they've been like playing at this level and they've been struggling. So they go mm -hmm. down a lower level where they might be a long shot against weaker competition, a, a bigger long shot against weaker competition than they should be. Okay. And so you're looking for mathematical value on the odds. A great way to get mathematical value on the odds really is because the way horse racing odds is set up is it's paramutual wagering, which means... What the fuck is that? So basically, like, the, they release the morning odds, okay? Okay. But now every bet after that changes the odds. Okay, because it has a... I see. So, like, if you, I, let's say you like a horse and you go in and put a hundred bucks on him. Mm -hmm. Like, but that horse was at whatever to like uh, 75 to one. Mm -hmm. That's going to knock, might knock it down to 73 to one right away because they don't want to okay. pay out $7,500 wow. on one race. But, you know, if you go there and put a thousand dollars down on it, that might knock it down to like, you know, 40 to one or something. Because wow. they're just limiting their risk. Because it's not yeah. what you put it down at. It's what the final odds were at race time. Because they have to pay me at $75,000 if I put $1,000 on that horse? Well, it depends on what the odds close at. Okay. So the odds are going to change from then until when the race actually starts. Lock... So you don't lock it in? So, like, I mean, if, you, if you're going to put a big bet on a horse, mm -hmm. you do it at the last second possible. Oh, really? Yeah. Because you, wow. don't, you don't, you don't want to trigger the line too early. That, some people so you might... mean right before the, whole, the race starts? Yeah. Like okay. the second before. Because like, wow. you, you don't, like, don't want to set off a chain reaction where all kinds of people start loading on it because they see a line movement. They think, yeah. And they think some sharps on it or something. Wow. Yeah, so like... I had no idea. This is so interesting. Yeah, so, like, so when, you're, when you get, like, you're, get a racing guide when you go to the horse mm -hmm. track, and then... Look at the morning odds and look at the odds they're offering you. Because the morning odds on the racing guide are usually made by the track handicapping expert. A guy who okay. knows more about the horses at that track than any other guy on the planet. Mm -hmm. And if that guy says, like, this horse was a 5-to-1 shot in the morning, but now you look up and you see he's at 9-to-1 now. That 9-to-1 is just there because other people were betting on other horses. So now oh, you're so almost doubling bet. your yeah you're almost doubling your value hmm. based on what this expert thinks. Wow, that's interesting. So you bet late after you compare what the early what the odds early were. the early odds. Because sometimes that seems like people oh I like that name I like Jennifer Jennifer yeah. Jackson's jumping jumping 
Jemima or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> J's always been a lucky letter for me, so I bet on that. And like a so a whale can influence it, even if it's like a shit horse. Yep. That's interesting. Wow. So if you so when you uh, yeah so like like that's I mean that's a trick that's worked for me for years. Hmm. And so I've hit a few big long shots on that too, because it's like oh that wow. one this horse went from thirty to one to ninety nine to one. I hit one like this once. It started wow. at thirty one in the morning, and then it was at ninety nine one at race time. I'm like. I'm basically getting free seventy to one here, sixty nine to one. It was yeah. my it was my birthday too, and I was like, I'm taking it, and I won like four. I put like four bucks on. I won like four hundred bucks. What the fuck? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, the ma- amazing part is I was really struggling for work that month, so I was able to pay my rent mostly nice. with horse racing profits. <laughs> That's funny, man. <laughs> That's interesting. Cause I just I only just recently learned this past year about a lot of like stock stuff. I read some article that says, why is a stock going up? It's going up because it's going up. Yeah. Like it becomes popular. So as it becomes popular, it just becomes more popular. And so as people buy it, the supply goes down and the demand goes up and the price goes up. And it's just this thing where it's just a popularity contest. It's not actually any, anything actually happening. It's no Especially real those meme stocks. Those meme stocks are purely based upon just like just dumb shit. Well, right? the GameStop like one, there was kind of some economic theory to it where yeah. it was overshorted. Yeah, that that one I get. And that's also one I fucked up on because I bought at the wrong time. That's <laughs> when I was first getting into it. Uh, I'm just, I realize I'm not into it. I don't like short term betting at all. I like long term betting. The, the best thing is then just dump it all into like S&P 500 index funds. Sure, but that's not that very fun though, is it's it? It's not that fun. No, it's yeah, not. But I like to pick it'll stocks. make you very, very rich by the time you're. Very, 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 very rich yeah, by the time the, you're old, man. The return, though, is the return isn't that great. You can do better, I think, than the S and P if you if you um, think about think about the future. You know, I put a bunch of money. I, I basically I have six it. different asset classes that I do that I have different funds in that really? I try and recreate the Yale Endowment Fund. Jeez. Okay, you're really thinking. You're thinking about way more than I am. Then. <laughs> but I, cool. I, I mean, I used to work in business management. Okay. So like, I used to like, I'm, I'm actually kind of know a lot about this stuff. So that's cool. So yeah, basically, it's like I have a combination of bonds, like international market, real estate, and like emerging market, and then total market, where I'm trying to recreate what they do with the Yale Endowment because that dude, the Yale Endowment's worth something like 36 billion a year. And they just wow. add, they, and they add like it just keeps going up every because they it's so it's these I, like between Yale Harvard Stanford these are the three ones I was studying big time mm-hmm. they're basically hedge funds that offer classes wow it's <laughs> insane I, didn't, I had no idea like the Harvard like the Yale one's easily the biggest but also that's where Skull and Bones is from yeah <laughs> yeah so much of that stuff you realize it's, it's fully insider shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's big time. Because, but I mean, it makes sense to a degree. Like a lot of times, what people think of like the conspiracies and shit, it makes sense to me. Like, oh, like, dude, yeah. Of course, all these people are in cahoots because they all went to the same schools growing up, went to the same churches, went to the same country club. Like, yeah, they all know each other and shit. They're all they're all like fucking in cahoots for real. Yeah, and it like it doesn't have to be some like blood oath secret agreement they've made with each other. They just know what's good for their group. Yeah, totally. It's so it's not like a 
It's not like a people act like it's something like that, but really, it's not. It's not a surprising thing at all, you know. No, no, it makes sense. It's just like it's people. It's, you help your friends, and they just happen to their friends just happen to be these like you know, big time people who move around, who have like access to all kinds of different industries, and it's essentially insider trading. But sometimes it's not really insider trading so much as it just kind of happens to be like you. You can only know so many people. And if you know people who are doing that, then you know those people. Yeah, yeah, and like, uh, like, look, look, like we're the type of guys where when uh, our friends help us out, like, oh, we got something that we didn't have to have to audition for. <laughs> like, right. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's very similar to that. It's very similar. You know, to that. it's like I, I think that's yeah. the best way to put it from our world. Like, totally. Like, it's like, oh, I didn't have to, uh, I didn't have to audition for that one. Like, uh, that's my friend doing me a favor. I mean, like, that's that's the same kind of shit that these guys do. I mean, not mm-hmm. to say that it's like one hundred percent moral and correct, and yeah, they, totally. they have our best interests at heart. I'm not saying anything like that, but it's not quite as sinister as people make it out to be. Yeah, it's kind of just, uh, it's like people want people are very greedy and they're never satisfied. So that's just how it works. But yeah, I guess so. I guess Harvard used to have the biggest endowment. And then the Yale people got so pissed they hired this like like economic wizard, and he was That's like, I'll, "I'll get you fifteen percent returns a year on what you 15%, have." Fifteen percent, it's so big. Yeah, and I mean he's wow. he's pretty much done that. Like, damn. But see, I don't have their money to invest in all those individual stocks. So mm-hmm. trying to recreate it in the aggregate in the smaller term, I'm not gonna get that. I'm not gonna hit that fifteen percent the way he is. But if I can get half that, I'm I'm very happy. <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's fun. This shit's fun though, and I, I do think it's kind of funny. Like, I mean, it's the same thing with sports gambling. Uh, with, with this, like, people have now become obsessed with app culture and like app gambling, whether it's Robinhood or whether right. it's MyBookie.ag. Right. It it doesn't really matter. You're putting your money in there, and but there's always going to be someone that knows. Like, okay, if I just do this, but with with Wall Street, I mean, there is a few things where, like, like, like a lot of index funds, you can you're guaranteed to make money over time on these. Yeah. But do people really want to, you know, wait that out? Like, they have to. That's the only thing that works. You have to just set it and forget it. It's the Ronco model. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's and reinvest your dividends. I think that's really important. Yeah, reinvest. But I think I've been taking them out now because it's like. I just want some cash, <laughs> but I reinvested him for a while. I wish, it, yeah, I, I'll probably go back to it at some point. Yeah, because some... it's it's nice. Uh, like, it depends on t- like you know which uh, like ETFs and shit have the best payouts. And I'm I, I hope I haven't lost the entire audience right now. Right. But the best payouts are on real estate funds. ETFs like uh, that exchange traded funds. Basically, okay. index funds. They're basically no fee mutual funds, whereas wow. mutual funds are p- handpicked by fund managers mm-hmm. and they take their percentage on it. ETFs yeah. are kind of like almost created by an algorithm with no fees. Wow. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't know that, man. Yeah. So with an ETF, you get way better value than a mutual fund without, nice. and you're not paying the you're not paying some fund manager's fucking salary on it. Yeah. So and fuck fund managers. I don't think. They should go fund themselves. They should go fund themselves. (laughs) Go fund yourself. But uh, that would be a fun uh, website to start. What's that? Go fund yourself. Instead of go fund me, go go fund fund yourself. yourself. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> Donate to my GoFundYourself.com. Go fund yourself. Go fund yourself. <laughs> Go freaking fund yourself, all right? But, yeah, dude, like, uh, it's wild how, like, this whole, like, uh, there's all these, like, 22-year-old kids now that are like, I'm just going to flip stocks all day on the fucking, like, beaches of Spain. And it's like, uh, it's like, dude, uh, this is an unprecedented bear market, bull market in history w- during a global pandemic. This might not last forever. It's not going to last. It's definitely not going to last for 100% sure. I mean, if yeah. anything, like, dude, be, people should be really looking what to short right now. Yeah, I've, I've, I keep thinking about that. I think the big thing, at least, I, I, I don't know that much. I really don't. But I really think it seems like the thing to do is to get out of the fiat market. You know, do you? Because uh, that shit's that's just just there's been too much too much growth for too long. Yep. So it just seems like it's unsustainable. But also, I'm I'm always into. I mean, I wish I learned about this maybe just a few months before I, I did. But if I had um, realized that the time to be bullish is when shit is really low and people are scared, yep. I would I would have made so much money if I had – because you look at any stock chart on March 19th through the 20th or something like that, Oh, everything is so low. If you had spent if you had spent like ten thousand dollars like smartly that during that time, you would make have made so much well, money. Just just on like uh, the Vanguard S and P five hundred index fund, I think yeah. it dropped down to like two oh eight during March there, mm-hmm. and it's like at three ninety right now. Yeah, and that's the most conservative stuff. And that's there the is. most conservative way you could have done it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you still would have almost like, doubled your money. <laughs> if you, there's almost nothing you couldn't have, if you had bought Disney. And Apple and like um, a bunch of Vegas like hospitality stocks, like Caesars and um, everything. You bought all those. You bought Win. You bought all these hospitality stocks. You bought a bunch of cruise stocks and you bought a ton of Tesla, a bunch of stuff like that. You would oh god, you'd have so much. You'd be doing now, so. Yeah, here's funny. Do you short Tesla going up uh, going up to the him hosting SNL? Like, does he host SNL? Bomb so hard and then the <laughs> stock drops. Like like how his sock dropped after he smoked a joint on Rogan. I don't like the whole shorting thing. To me, it feels like something about it's like inherently negative. So yeah, yeah. But I, I I mean I don't know. I might do that if I was someone who wanted to do that. Well, if you like, if you're gonna get into options trading, I think it's smart. Like that's the move to be looking at right now because I don't. Yeah, I don't see too many yeah. things like blowing up beyond. Like we're at record highs on shit right now. Yeah. How long can this continue? I mean. I get like yeah, I guess it could keep going up, but it's like uh, it can't though, right? It, it can't. can't. I I don't think it can. And like, but look will at it what drop happened. Enough to make a lot on shorts? I don't know. I I, I think there's some stuff that you could, dude. If you would have shorted, I, if you would have done it like really, it would have been a really clever thing. But if you would have short bought Coinbase right when it opened, when it went uh-huh. up like 415 right away, and shorted it, you could have made a fortune. Yeah, why did it drop immediately? Because yeah, it ended up dropping down to like two eighty five. So if you put in wow. like a two week contract on that, you could have. Isn't that normal though? All those things open big and then drop. The stuff that I got I got busted on was that company that was a rival to Tesla. It's called Nikola. Oh they yeah, they have just been plummeting. I've lost, I've lost sixty dollars on them. I didn't put that much in there, but I was like, there's got to be a competitor to Tesla. You know, and it's just I, I it's saw just Cadillacs tanking. coming out with their first electric car. Maybe. 
Nikola I think I think GM's going to make a big push. Yeah, I'm sure they all are, but I think uh, Nikola was not so much a car company as a technology company. They would because they had a contract, I think, with GM or some other big car manufacturer, and something about their technology became that's why their shit shot up. It shot up huge. Uh, the IPA IPO IPO was eighty or <laughs> like eighty a few days after it uh, after it opened. The IPA was eight percent. The IPO IPA was, was at eighty percent, <laughs> and then it just tanked. Um, just a month after opening, I think because some of their technology claims were unfounded, the CEO turned his Twitter off because he was getting so much hate, just stuff like that. And I was like, that was when I was just starting to fuck with this stuff, and I was, um, I'm, you know, I, I was wrong. Well, I think back like right before the pandemic with oil, like, dude, if anybody who shorted oil, where it yeah. went down to like negative thirty dollars a barrel. <laughs> Yeah, I, like, I bought some Exxon and I sold it, but I should have held on to it because it only kept growing. Yeah, I I made, I, I made some money off it. But. I bought a couple little oil, like U.S. oil and a couple of things. I made a little mm-hmm. off it there. But I started getting the real estate stuff because by law, they're required to take all their profits in real estate trusts and split it amongst the shareholders. Wow. So your passive income's a lot more on real estate trusts. You mean the dividends? Yeah, yeah. Like you, you gotta send me some of these. I need an email. I need the Bowser update. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should do my own uh, finance, like, uh, yeah. like newsletter. Newsletter. Yeah, <laughs> man. Because like, so like, some of these like ETF, like, or some of these like real estate trusts, you can get like close to like eleven percent a year in cool in dividends. Uh, so like, wow. I mean, that, and that'll lot. add up, dude. Yeah, like. A <laughs> big time, and like yeah. I mean, and you're looking at like, like some of them compound and shit too. So it's like, dude, per court, like you could do really well from one quarter yeah. to the next. Like, Definitely, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun, uh, you know. I really like, dude. It's fun, like, like I, I never would have thought like like ten years ago in the comedy scene, be like, oh yeah, dude. Ten years from now, global pandemic's gonna wipe us all out, but we're all gonna turn into a bunch of mini Warren Buffets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Making, you know, sometimes as much as $100 a month. Yeah, yeah, from, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Making our, uh, tens choices. of dollars every week. Uh-huh. <laughs> because we don't have enough to invest and we're too, or too, trep, too uh, trepidatious to uh, actually put a, put a nest egg in there, you know? Well, see, I try and invest more in paying, because I just bought a car a couple months ago. Nice. And so I try and pay, off, pay more on my car than I invest, because I'd rather pay off interest i get myself not paying any interest before i really start trying to make interest totally that makes sense yeah it's like a it's a like a teeter-totter yeah. <laughs> trying to find that perfect balance between paying interest and collecting interest but see my, my real passion here is i'm gonna buy and own and operate the liberace museum one day here in Vegas. i can't wait to see that scott i think that'd be a lot of fun you know what i really want to do though for real is i want to get my own little social club here i want to get a little storefront and start my own little like Soprano style social club where any of my friends are in town. They come by. We got, we got, hey, we'll have a little like jukebox, a little card table, a little kitchen. And we just sit around eating cold cuts and pasta all day, watching TV. Ooh, that'd be awesome. I think that could be a good time, dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And it yeah, also, man. it's like, uh, then I don't fuck up my pet. Pla- I, I get the most random people wanting to crash with me, like, like on a Wednesday afternoon, be like, "Hey, I just got the town. Is it cool if I crash with you tonight?" It's like, dude, like, like little. No. Like, I, I work during the week and I'm busy with the show and yeah. Like, give me a break. Yeah, come on, give me a little warning, dude. Like, yeah, 
it's like it's like a dude you think a drop-in's bad an out-of-state drop-in is terrifying because now it's yeah. like you're you're responsible for shit oh man this is fun man yeah dude good times uh anything you want to plug on the way out buddy uh you can listen to my podcast live to tape but also you can just google just google my name and you get everything you need i think Dude, I've been uh, rewatching uh, Always Sunny, and you just popped oh, cool. up. And one, yeah, one that was that was fun, man. Yeah, man, that, I was like, oh man, those are the days. <laughs> totally, totally. But uh, dude, good talking to you, buddy. And uh, I am looking forward to uh, seeing where the markets take us here in the future. I'm looking forward and to that you newsletter know what, too. You, oh, dude, I'll, and I'll, I'll tell you this. Actually, I'll tell you this off air. This is okay. a special little thing I got planned coming up. So Sounds thank good. you so much, everybody. Make sure you follow us. Follow Johnny, John at Johnny Pemberton. Follow the show at Luxops Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Check out our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Pod. And don't forget our MyBookie promo code. Thank you so much for everybody, everybody for listening. I'll be back later in the week with Desi Jedikin. Bye-bye.